are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. to another episode of Call for Caring's Empowerment Hour. My name is Michelle Bolden, and I am your guide as we journey through caregiving together. The Empowerment Hour will bring inspiration, education, and resources to our audience of family caregivers. The tangible information provided can be applied immediately after listening to the podcast. In our second season, we really wanted to bring focus on call to action of awareness for things for yourself, your family, and your community. We want you to be able to take action to improve your journey starting today. This episode focuses on actions for ourselves, our family, and maybe even the community because what we do in our home in fact impacts our entire community. So in today, um, today we find that there is a shortage of professional caregivers. And by professional caregivers, I'm referring to a certified nursing assistant, a home health aide, a patient care assistant. They may vary by the name, but the work is all the same. And so it is challenging right now to, to, to find this type of support and receive consistent care, whether you're paying for the services out of pocket or you're being supported by some type of a state program. So families are having to care for loved ones often without that additional support, right? And so we're requiring we're requiring about full-time hours for caregiving, not allowing us to work at all. Per the ARP, um, in 2021, caregivers provided about $600 billion of unpaid care. Um, this is about a $130 billion increase in unpaid care from 2020-19. So this figure is based upon about 38 million caregivers providing an average of 18 hours of care per week at an average value of $16.59 per hour. Our topic today is the paid caregiver, not the unpaid, but the paid caregiver. Our guests today are Mari Bell and Iceland Cummings from CareFor, and we are going to discuss options for being paid as a family caregiver. So welcome to our guest. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so very much for having us, Michelle. Absolutely. Excited that you're here and about the information you're going to share with our audience today. So I'm going to ask each of you to kind of share a little bit about your background and your current work. So, um, Iceland, let's start with you first. Yes. So, my name is Iceland Cummings, Director of, of Sales and Community Partnership at Careforth. Um, one of the things that I enjoy about the organization that I work for is that we really do care about caregiving and giving the support. Prior to coming to um, Careforth, I worked in the Medicare um, industry, and working this in, in this industry, I saw a lot of families, daughters, sons that needed support, taking care of their loved ones. And I continue to ask myself, 
what programs are out here? How can we, how can assistance be given to these individuals and families? And then I ran into Care Forth and that's how I came here, just on a mission and a cause to be able to help caregiving caregivers and their need and their support of resources and financial assistance with taking care of their loved ones. That's wonderful. Awesome. All right, Maureen, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, again, I'm Mari Bell and I am the account manager, one of the account managers um, in the state of Georgia. And my background is predominantly senior care. The bulk of it was um, I worked in the emergency response systems industry. Um, and that resonates with folks when they think of the I've fallen and I can't get up button. That would be me. Um, and so I made my way over to um, Careforth, and I'm really excited to be here. I'm a strong advocate um, of senior care, caregiving um, as a um, former caregiver to uh, a parent with dementia. It resonates very highly with me that, um, you know, folks are afforded not only um, appropriate care, but kindness and access to um, resources that are out there that they may not be aware of. Right. So I'm excited to be here with you and your audience and just share um, you know, more about who we are and how we can make a, a big difference in our community. Absolutely. And I'm so excited that you guys are here because you know this is a, a real struggle for folks who have to pick between working and caring for their loved one. You know. Yeah. And so you just, you have to make that decision. And for some of us, it's a decision. You know, I need to help my family member. I want to care for them. They're not going to be here forever. Our job will be there at some point in time, but it's a hard decision to make. Um, and so when we do, having programs like this is, is exciting. So okay. let's talk a little bit about the program. So um, Iceland, can you explain what the Structured Family Caregiver Program is and how it differs from other type of waiver programs? So what Structured Family Caregiving Program is, it is a Medicaid program that is used through the Elderly and Disabled Program. And what it does is not only does it offer caregiving support and resources, but it also offers the family a um, tax-free stipend. Mm -hmm. So one of the things about um, CareForth and our SFC um, program, Structured Family Caregiving Program, that separates us from other people, we actually do clinical plans. There's actually a clinical plan that is put together for the caregiver not to receive caregiver burnout. We also have our platform called Caregiving Nation, which is our social media platform that gives podcast resources to caregivers. But along with the care plan that's put together by a registered nurse for the caregiver not to receive caregiver burnout at the rate that they normally would without support. There's also a care plan that is put together for the care recipient. And this care plan that's put together for the recipient allows the caregiver to know how to be an advocate for the loved one when they're talking to the doctors. It also allows this caregiver to know how to take care of their loved one, depending upon their diagnosis. One of the things other than our care plans that are put together to help both the caregiver and the care receiver is the fact that we do handholding. From beginning from the onset that someone meets someone like Mari or any other account manager that is in the Georgia um, area, there's actually this handholding that we call from beginning to end to make sure that they're on service so that they do feel supported um, through this process. 
So now, Ken, when you said the handheld holding, can you talk a little bit about now that does that include education? Oh, it does. It includes. Mm -hmm. It does. So when I talk about the handhold holding process, so there is a um, care advisor unit that Careforth has, and within the Careforth um, care advisory unit, these are individuals who really talk to the families. They talk to them about what they're experiencing in the home. What are some of their needs? Where exactly are they at? Do do they have Medicaid? Do they not have Medicaid? And so from after we do, I you know questioning and seeing exactly where exactly the family is, we then go on to say, hey, you may need to have a conversation with the AAA. We will then follow up with the family. There may be a thing depending on their Medicaid category or what their diagnosis is. There's an opportunity for them to go to the case management agency. But no matter where they start, we always call them. We always check in with them to see where they're at how we can be of assistance to them, educating them through the process, because it can be daunting, you know, because caregivers are already stressed out because they're taking care of their loved ones. They're trying to juggle many different things and help them with the ADLs that their loved ones may need help with. So just trying to be very supportive and be a resource to them through this process of getting to um, service. And, you know, that's so important because when they are discharged from the hospital, they often don't get a lot of education there. Mm -hmm. They're placed into their home. Primary care physicians are expecting someone else to do it. You know, the hospital are expecting someone else to do it. And so Mm -hmm. it's this gap that's missing for families. When we send people home now, they're so much sicker. And Mm so we have to be able to give that education. And the best place is in the community, in the home. So that is great that you all are offering that ability to be able to um, give them that continuous education because the care changes all the time and they have to be able to be knowledgeable. I mean, they have the mind of a doctor, a nurse, a therapist, you know, all in one. And so I I think that's great that the education is consistent. Um, mm -hmm, Sure. And then there's also the aspect that once they are um, brought to service that they're actually assigned a care coach. And the purpose of the care coach is to check in on the families on a daily basis. There are questions that's asked. It's also to notice if a pattern is something happening in Mrs. Smith's home where there may be additional falls. And so where we all actually go in a home and do visits, if there's something that we're noticing, we'll actually do an ad hoc visit and come into the home to see if there's any resources. Is there anything that we can discover to make sure that the family is as whole as they possibly can? Awesome. That is awesome. Um, so Mari, you know, um, I just mentioned a little bit about part of a waiver program. Mm-hmm. And so can families participate in a structured family caregiving program in addition to other waiver programs as well? Well, it depends. There are some programs that are not appropriate for duplication. So if a family chooses structured family caregiving, the state slash Medicaid slash care forth as well as the case management agency we're all expecting that family member to be the caregiver so that is the compensation to you as a caregiver now there are other programs that one may be appropriate for such as emergency response systems so you can have an emergency response system as well as um, be on structured family caregiving what you cannot do is have private home care slash cna coming in um, because that's considered um, pretty much double dipping because right. you are you slash the family member are being compensated to care for your loved one. Mm-hmm. 
So, but there are other pro that you can look into, um, and I'm a strong advocate of emergency response systems. Um, and you can utilize that service along with um, structured family caregiving. You can also have hospice in the home. What okay. you cannot have is that CNA that comes with hospice, mm -hmm. but you still have that registered nurse. You still have that um, clergy. You still have that social worker. Right. You're still under the um, umbrella of that physician. Um, so you still have everything in place with hospice. You get the durable medical equipment that is afforded through hospice. Mm -hmm. So I like to, um, and, and you'll find that a lot of these families that are caring for loved ones on hospice, they've been caring for that family member anyway. Right. And they have come to a place where they now accept that they can have hospice or have hospice come into the home. So that's not the easiest um, decision for a lot of families. So they prolong bringing hospice into the home. So once they finally do, if they're still at home taking care of mom or dad um, or niece or loved one, then you can continue to do that. Mm -hmm. You just won't get that CNA that's going to come in, but you will have the support of care for with the compensation as long as, as well as the support we provide. Okay, that's great to know. That's absolutely great to know. So when you talk about some of those waiver programs, for example, in Georgia, like CCSP and Source, that's mm -hmm. the whole goal is to provide that aid, right? And so you wouldn't be able to have those programs. But things that are outside of the waiver programs, such as hospice, which to me is a great resource because you get so much with utilizing hospice. And as you stated, we tend to wait late for that because right. we associate that so often with quick death, which is not always the, the case, but it gives right. so many good resources to families. And so I always encourage people just to look at it, look at what it offers you, things that you're paying for, diapers and pads, that's called yeah. hospice, right? That exactly. adds up to a lot of money. You have this whole team that comes to you and helps right. you during this process. And then to be able to be paid as a caregiver through your program, that's that's a great option. And one more thing to add on to what Iceland said about um, what makes us different than our competitors. Mm -hmm. We operate as a resource. So yes, I want you to come on to structure family caregiving with CareForth. No doubt. But <clears throat> we also provide resources in the community. Mm -hmm. So we are heavy into dialysis clinics. We work with social workers on that. We go into hospitals, the physician space. We partner with Medicare brokers mm -hmm. because we bump into a lot of folks that are not um, <clears throat> appropriate as of yet to come on board with us because they do not have Medicaid because this is a Medicaid program. So what we do is we partner with folks in the community that can assist them in um, pursuing that particular insurance, because as you know, it's all income based. Right. So we at CareForth, we work very hard to not only um, be about what we do, but we want to be a service to the community. And we do, you know, hold these folks hands, um, <clears throat> link them with other resources, other activities in the communities. Because it's not necessarily about, you know, us as a business. We, we really are passionate about what we do. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And you just mentioned a little bit about for those who are appropriate for the program. Um, so, Iceland, can you talk a little bit about who is eligible for the program and kind of what the application process looks like? 
Yes, I sure can. So who's eligible for the program is it has to be someone who has the level of nursing home care, but are choosing to stay in their home. They are choosing to stay in the community. As Mari has mentioned, this is a Medicaid um, waiver program, which means that you have to have Medicaid. You also have to have need five hours of ADL assistance, which is your bathing, toiletry, um, needing your meals, cook, needing, you know, helping putting on your clothes. So those are the basic fundamentals of what is needed to get on the program um, for structured family caregiving. Is that five hours a day of ADLs? Yes, it's five hours a day of ADL okay. assistance. Yes, okay. it is. Okay. Okay. And so what does the application process look like? So normally what happens is someone, um, we like Mari has mentioned, we work with Medicare brokers, we work with social workers, discharge nurses, um, case management agencies, physicians who uh, work in that Medicaid realm. So basically what happens because we've built relationships with these entities, there's oftentimes that a referral may be given to the account managers. From the time that that professional or community referral sources gives um, any of the account managers, managers that um, lead a referral, then there's a um, process that um, Mari and her colleagues go through where they actually talk to the family. They ask, actually see what's going on with the home, seeing if they're actually going to be a good fit for the program. Are there some things that maybe they need to take care of before they get introduced to the program as well? So there's a lot of conversations and getting to know the family and what's going on in the home initially. Once, once that process has gone, gone through and Mari or her colleagues feels as though that this is a great fit for structured family caregiving, they're then um, sent to what I was talked about earlier, which is our care advisory unit. Then once they enter our care advisory unit realm, um, more conversation is had about you know, their medicines, the, the type of doctors that they go to, what they're experiencing in the home, what are their conditions of, um, of their medical conditions. Once that process is um, taken care of and CAU feels as though, yes, they are a great fit for the program. We've um, actually, you know, talked to them and found out what's going on in the home, depending on their diagnosis. If it's, um, there is a preference for the program for individuals who have dementia or Alzheimer's. So there are some type of, some qualifying things that may not have as a long of a process of getting to service versus some um, diagnosis that have a shorter lead time. But basically, once we go from care advisory unit and um, talking to the families, then there is case management assignment. And from case management assignment, they actually have to do their assessments, whether it's medical, clinical, to just ensure that this um, caregiver is going to be a good fit for the program. So there's definitely different layers and levels to getting the family onto service for structured family caregiving. And so you mentioned kind of like a short time frame and a long time frame. Is there about an, is there like an average of the, the turnaround time from when I say I want to be on this program to when I kind of start? We like to say that the average is from three to four months, but we've seen cases that it's been longer. Um, but also one of the things that we often talk about with the families that this is a partnership to get on to service because there are some documents that are needed from their physician. There are some thumb paperwork or documents that they have to fill out. So um, we talk about a partnership. We talk about the need to be responsive to phone calls. There's a need that if there's something that you don't understand or that you 
you've been asked this task and you don't understand fully, you know, come back to care for, come and talk to, you know, the, whether it's the account manager, your care advisor, whoever it may be, so that we can handle what's going on with you uh, as much as we possibly can. Because like I stated earlier, it can be daunting, you know, and a lot of times people just don't know. And it's okay to say that you don't know instead of just not doing anything because we are trying to help and we are trying to um, get you to service. And, you know, that sounds about the average time for most of the kind of Medicaid waiver programs is about three months or so. And so when talking to families, you know, I have, because short term is something I need now, right? I'm going yes. to the hospital and I need something tomorrow. And I always share with them, waiver programs are generally much more of a kind of a long-term program because there's mm -hmm. a process. But that process, Seth, can be shortened if you are responsive and you get what you, and you return exactly. what you need, you return conversations. And so mm -hmm. that can be shortened by how quickly you respond to that information. So I recommend that if you know you're looking at some types of programs like this, you can check and see what the requirements are and just start gathering. So yes. when, you do, when you're ready to apply, you have a lot of that stuff together. It shortens your time. So a short-term plan could be hospice. It could be getting a group of family members to come together before you're able to get on this program, right? So maybe mm -hmm. you have to go work a part-time job where someone sits with your loved one because you have to have some income coming into that home. So right. just kind of think about that and your your ability to be able to assist this process to go faster. Um, but th those are great points. So awesome. Now, um, Mari, can we talk a little bit about how is the payment determined? So if I'm, I applied for the program, I went through this process, I am now going to be a part of the Care Forth process. Mm -hmm. um, how do you determine how much I get paid? Well, we have a flat rate, so it doesn't vary according okay. to whoever is on service with us. Okay. So our compensation is $17.86 monthly. Okay. And so what we do is we chop that in half and you are compensated every two weeks. So you get $8.93 every two weeks. And that goes directly to the family member. Whoever that caregiver is, that compensation goes directly to them. And as Iceland stated, um, it's considered a, a tax-free stipend. Mm. So it's not taxed. So okay. it's a straight 893 directly to um, the person who is designated as the caregiver. Awesome. I would like to say that, um, it, as Mari stated, it is a tax-free stipend, but it does not affect any of the other services or financial resources that you may be receiving in the home, whether it's housing, whether it's um, food stamps. Okay. It does not affect any of that whatsoever. So it's not like you're gaining something but have to lose something at the same time. You, get, you keep all your resources food stamps, housing, or whatever other assistance that you may be getting. It does not affect that at all. Okay, great. So it's on top of any current support that you have financially. So that's awesome. Okay, great. Now, um, now is this program only in Georgia? If no, what other states is this program in? Iceland, if you could answer that. 
Oh, yes. We are in 11 other states. We are in North Carolina. We are in um, South Dakota. We are in Ohio, Indiana. We are in Connecticut, Rhode Island. We are in Mass. We are actually aggressively moving to other states as well. I think we are targeted to move into um, South Carolina next. And so what we're doing is taking a methodical approach and really looking to see and doing background research on what um, other states need our services. We are kind of like the pioneer. We literally um, go into new existing territory. Wow. Um, we have a government relations team that does the initial talking to the senator congressmen to see if this is something that's welcome, if this is something that's needed in their states. And then we begin to lay out the foundation to build that state to be able to receive, uh, we call it in Georgia, structured family caregiving. North Carolina is called coordinated caregiving. So whatever the, the name of the caregiving program, uh, we, we are definitely pioneers in seeing that this is something that can be open in new states. We actually plan within the next 10 years to be within all 50 states wow. and being able to offer this, um, this level of program. That is wonderful. And I can tell you, it's needed in every state. So, <laughs> you know, there should not even be a question about that, right? This $600 billion that people are just providing care for could be addressed through something like this program. So I think it's wonderful. And I'm so glad you guys are across at least, you know, 11 states right now. And I look forward to hearing about you adding to complete the 50. So um, we're going to take a short sponsor break right now and then we're going to return to learn more about the structured family caregiver program we'll be right back this is the story of a very special woman just a few knew about her superpowers in a matter of seconds she turned herself into a great mathematician she masqueraded as a regular person at work but as a superhero at home everyone knows her as gabriella i still call her mom your hero needs you now and aarp is here to help Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome back. We are talking with Maribel and Iceland Cummings from Care, care Corp today. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the impact of your programs to families. So Mari, I'm going to ask for you to share um, just an example, maybe, of a family that you work with and how it impacts the life of the caregiver and their loved one. Yeah, this program, it, it just means so much to folks that are um, just trying to keep up. You're trying to give your loved one appropriate care. You're stressed about money. You're stressed personally. And just to be able to give somebody a break. So what we do, we have um, a number of um, videos that we capture mm -hmm. of families giving testimonials about, you know, how this has made a difference in their lives. But um, in, in terms of my own experience, just being able to give somebody this extra money so that they can take a, a break, yeah. you know, because a lot of folks are still upholding the bills of the household and they're behind. And we talk to these families all the time and they're like, you know, when am I, how long is this gonna take? You know, I've been taking care of mama for this long and I, I left my job five years ago so that I could take, cause I can't keep taking off because she has to go to the doctor and so on and so forth. So when they get this, um, when this starts, 
is like a, a, a breath of fresh air. I have one family in particular outside of Macon that um, mom has onset dementia mm -hmm. and she's been taking care of her mom forever and learned about our program through a, a, a mutual friend mm -hmm. and just the joy in her voice and talking to her from the time we started until mm -hmm. coming on service was remarkable. So just that's the best example I can give because it brings in some some cushion. That's what I like to say. It brings it it brings in an opportunity for you to just breathe a little bit differently. Right. And this particularly um, young lady had nothing but um, you know, thank you, Mari. And I'm, you know, and I'll share this with anybody else that I can, you know, share this with yeah. because it's made such a difference in our life. That's awesome. I love it. That's awesome. Um, so as we get ready to wrap up, I'm going to ask for each of you to share two actions you recommend our family caregivers take immediately after listening to the podcast. So I said, I'm going to start with you first. My first um, point of action is go on our website. You know, educate yourself about structured family caregiving in the state of Georgia. I mean, you kind of said it earlier, Michelle, like once you read over the overview, if this is a good fit, start the process of getting into your documents together, what you think that you need. Because I think the more education a family has about it, the more that their expectations are realistic. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. All right. And Mari, did, can you offer a couple of actions right away? Oh, sure. Um, as we mentioned, this is a Medicaid program. Mm -hmm. So go through mama's stuff and look for those cards. One is red, right, white, and blue. That's the Medicare card. We're looking mm -hmm. for that white and blue card. It's the Medicaid. And I, I find myself over in, emphasizing Medicaid. Medicaid, because we get a lot of Medicare calls, but this is a Medicaid card. And the numbers on that card are going to start with 111 or 222, and it's blue and white. And if you find that card, that's the start of us beginning the assessment. Mm -hmm. So um, just go look, and as Iceland shared, take a look at our website, dig in, so you can have an understanding of what this, pro this program actually looks like, um, and that'll better equip you when you do call us, right? So, um, but also if you can find that Medicaid card, um, that's going to be the beginning of our assessment because you that person has to be on Medicaid. And so if you don't have Medicaid, you may want to look into how you can get Medicaid because you may- And you can call us, you can still call us. Okay. So we will give you direction and we like those phone calls as well because these- um, I, I like my whole thing is I like when I talk to my families and I consider them my families, mm. I like for them to have a sigh of relief. Mm. Like mm -hmm. finally somebody can, okay, thank you for taking time with me. And then, you know, and I and I like to have my I want my families to come on service. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am an account manager. Yes, it is my job, but I do have a space in caregiving and I understand. And if I can get my families on board, that that makes me feel good. Nice. So, you know, I want them to succeed in this process, but they have to do the basics, which is you got to be on. You, it's a Medicaid program. Right. But if you're not on Medicaid, give us a call and we can still help give you some guidance to see if you are appropriate for Medicaid. Right. That's awesome. That's really important because um, that, that's very important. 
we, if you just offer the information, we'll guide you which way to go, right? Mm -hmm. So I always say for this community that we have of providers to help caregivers, that is what we do for those who really care about our families, right? Mm -hmm. you, we want to be a resource. We don't want to ever tell you, no, I can't help you. If I can't help you, I want to tell you where to go. And so that's what, that's what makes this a community of providers because we truly care about what happens to these families. And so yeah. thank you so much uh, for sharing that and that clarity as well. Um, so I'm going to ask each of you, if you all, if there are any websites, phone numbers, social media sites, uh, uh, you know, Facebook groups that you recommend our caregivers visit or follow that can help them through their journey. Um, I would start off with our um, website, which is www.careforth.com. It has a wealth of information. We do have a Facebook group that is called Caregiving Nation, which is a resource for caregivers. They do not have to be on, on, on our program. They can just be a caregiver in general, needing resources, needing to connect with other caregivers across the state. So um, Caregiving Nation is another um, important platform on social media. We can be reached by um, e email. We can share that information as, as well. Awesome. Thank you. Mark, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, and Caregiver Nation is actually for the state. So you're not um, central to just Georgia. And because we are located in a variety of different other states, uh, anybody can pop on there. And you'll find some very um, connected folks because they understand each other. So it's a good place to land when you are looking for support um, mm -hmm. that only another caregiver will understand. Um, and so, and we will, you know, we can give you my, I am um, local to Georgia as well as uh, my, my other colleagues. It's about, it's four of us, right, Iceland? And plus Iceland. So it's the five, um, five man team. Okay. And um, my, um, I don't know if you want me to give my phone number right here or. Yeah. If it, yeah, we okay. can go ahead. Go ahead. Each, you, each of you want to give your contact information. That's great. So my phone number is 770 241-1501. Again, 770-241-1501. And my name is Mari Bell. Mari Bell. Thank you. Now, Iceland, is that the best way for people to contact you all? Or is there a number, if I'm outside of the state of Georgia and I want information, is there a contact number you recommend, a number or email or... We have, um, we actually have a one eight six six number, and I would have to okay. provide you that number. It is not off the top of my head at this okay. moment, okay. and I don't have the literature in front of me, but I can definitely get you that number, Michelle. Absolutely, and we'll put it in the notes uh, for the podcast, so you all can look at the details of the podcast, and we have that information available for you. Um, so, any other means of contact? I think we've got everything. Is that right? We yeah. do. I think that okay. we do. I can add, definitely give my email address, which is A as an Apple coming C-U-M-M-I-N-G-S at careforth.com. Thank you both so much for joining us Thank today you. and providing our listeners with this information about this resourceful program for family caregivers. We really appreciate the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. We appreciate you giving us this platform to be able to talk about Care Forth and the structured family caregiving program that we offer in the state of Georgia.
Awesome. Absolutely. And so the Empowerment Hour is presented by Call for Caring. Our organization supports caregivers through resources like today's podcast, expos, courses, and care grants. Um, so we want you to join us for our fourth Atlanta Family Caregiver Expo on November 18th at Impact Church. Stay tuned for more details. You can find out information about our care grants and other programs at callforcaring.org. Today's episode can be heard on uptomeradio.com or your favorite podcast platform. Um, we have also added some of our episodes from season one to the Call for Caring YouTube channel. So we hope that today's episode of the Empowerment Hour has met our goal to educate, elevate, and empower caregivers during their caregiver journey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.